On this episode, we discuss our most memorable troops, and were the Jedi right about attachment? You must unlearn what you have learned. Remember, a Jedi can feel the Force flowing through him. And between it all, balance. Welcome to Voice of the Wills. This is where the fun begins. You are right back in the mess. Keep your concentration here and now where it belongs. All this, as the Force wills it. Just when you think you understand the Force, you find out how little you actually know. I may fail, you may fail, but there is no try. We would be honored if you would join Okay, well, welcome back to the podcast once again. I'm Matt Almuccio, and I am here with Rodney Clark. Good evening, my good man. How are you? I'm doing good, doing good. Uh, yeah, actually, yesterday we almost had all four of us together. Um, yes, almost. Which was, which was pretty cool. Um, we uh, Albert was there yesterday. Albert, how you doing? I'm doing fine, Dandy. But, uh, but Elena decided to get sick on us and couldn't make it. To the troop. Yeah. Um, Sorry, how you feel? Guys. How you feeling? I'm feeling better. <laughs> good, 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 good. So then we can record today. Um, but a reason why I bring up uh, us trooping is uh, every once in a while it's nice for us to talk about uh, trooping, as each one of us is a member of one or more of the famous Star Wars costuming costuming groups, and um, and we do troop uh, occasionally together and often separately because in Jersey here um, we have quite a few troops um, and uh, I think it would be kind of cool since we've talked a little bit about trooping um, if we could actually talk about what was our most memorable troop um, and at this point uh, all of us have done quite a few troops um, and so there's probably plenty to choose from and lots of moments that we could talk about in the podcast um, but you know, see what stands out uh, to each one of you. Um, and so uh, how about uh, Albert? You want to start us off? All right. So my favorite troop. <laughs> We're in for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> We're in for a wild ride. Uh, honestly, my most memorable troop would have to be from um, our celebration, actually. Um, hey, wait, 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 wait. I almost feel like that's cheating. It's Star Wars Celebrate. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the reason, the, reason, the reason why is because it obviously it was my first Star Wars Celebration. Uh, it, it was just amazing to see like a location or an event, I guess you could say, that was just solely dedicated to, uh, to Star Wars, which is awesome. But not the only that, <laughs> the Star Wars. <laughs> but not only that, it's just seeing everyone's costumes and stuff like that it was just really amazing really amazing but just just thinking about it now just, just gets me all giddy again because i had the tr- I, uh, I had the opportunity to troop with the uh the clones from like all over the world which is amazing cuz i am a huge clone trooper uh fan so the uh the clone troop uh the clone trooper detachment got together and they were going to uh um, basically do a raid of the, uh, the, the Clone Wars panel. Uh, this is both, uh, I guess you can say, a memorable, um, uh, experience, but at the same time, the, the most bummer of them all. 
because for some odd reason, like this is something that they did the the, the previous celebration, and it's something I guess you can see they kind of expected from us in the clone trooper detachment to do. But um, we we you know we went outside. It was snowing. Um, we waiting in line, basically kind of getting pelted with snow a little bit, like little flurries. And uh, we finally get inside, and they're like, "Oh no, uh, due to it being dangerous or whatever, we can't let you guys in." We're like, well, why can't you let us in? We're sort of, we kind of do this, you know what I mean? No, sorry, we won't let you in. You serious? All right, whatever. So we still plan to do our march, uh, our march, a little parade, nonetheless. So we ended up like just parading around the whole show floor of the convention and stuff like that. And I remember uh, basically us coming across a Django Fett. Uh, just, you know, just standing there. And he starts shouting, like, Oh, it's my kids! Look at that! You're making Daddy proud! So basically, every single clone, like, because we were in the line, every single one of us just went up to the guy and just hugged him. We're like, Thanks, Dad! You're the best dad ever! <laughs> and, like, it, just, it just sticks out, because every single time I see videos from that day, I just can't help but laugh. Oh, I mean, that, that right there was an experience indeed. Um, although for stuff like home, you know, in, at home here in Jersey, honestly, like every single troop, I guess you can say is memorable. It's really hard to pick out a specific one, but like that all time is my, one of my favorites, just being around so many people who love clones, you know, and just nerding out. <laughs> I yeah, have yeah. A, a costume of my own and yet I still nerd out about this stuff. Yeah. And the number of troops that I've done that are like not great is very small like most of the troops that i go to um have some sort of experience whether it's just there was a bunch of us there and we were just hanging out or uh or you know something ma happening that just made it memorable but the whole act of trooping is a memorable thing i mean yesterday it wasn't the most memorable one but yesterday there was just this little kid who oh, like yeah, who was obsessed with me and was just following me around and and wouldn't like leave me be and everywhere I walked the kid would just follow me and mom would call him and he wouldn't come back and he, he was probably not even two but he just he just he just follow me around and and he was below where I could really see so it was making me nervous as anything and I thought I was gonna kick the kid across the room that's the oh. same kid that actually approached me and Taylor yeah um, uh, for those of you that don't know, he's our XO. Uh, so anyway, so me and Taylor were just walking on the hall, and this kid just basically, that same kid approaches us, and he starts, like, holding me in his hand. Like, you couldn't choose, like, between yeah. holding either mine or Taylor's hand. Yep. And then, like, he ultimately decided to choose me, and he started to hide behind me from his mother. I'm like, what am I going to do with your mother? <laughs> the kid was adorable. You know, yeah, I mean, he... I, guess, I guess, yeah, in the sense, you know, again, stuff like that happens, and every once in a while in the troop. And that kind of does stick out and resonate. One actually little detail I did leave out for from celebrations that this there was this one little kid that was giving out pins, like these little homemade pins. I still got it, um, and he's like, "Here, here you go, clone trooper. You're my favorite." And I'm like, "Oh, that's sweet." You know, he kind of put it in my holster because I didn't have pockets at the time. When I got home, or actually not home, but like back to the hotel room, I got to see him. He drew me a little job of the hut. You know, stuff like that is just adorable when the kids are involved and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah. real There's... quick, uh, Matt, you were in kit as a what? Yesterday? I was a, a New Hope Stormtrooper. There you go. So yeah. Just so people listening can know what the kid was obsessed with and following around. Yeah, he was obsessed with a Stormtrooper, yeah. 
um, which is, it, you know, it's funny because uh, in the 501st, we're all bad guys, but I mean, I've seen plenty of kid just go up and hug Darth Vader and not let Darth Vader go. It's it's totally cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, uh, so Elena, well, what a uh, what's your most most memorable troop? Oh my God! When you asked me this, I had such a hard time originally, um, but I kept gravitating to East Coast Comic Con. It's one of my favorite troops to do. Um, there are so many uh, amazing moments that happen at various troops, big and small. But I think overall, as far as a favorite to do. Uh, I really like East Coast Comic Con because it's kind of the one big troop of the year that I get to see most of the other members, I think, because um, it's a whole weekend event, so people are coming, and I usually do all three or two days or whatever, um, so there's some people who I don't see for a whole year, and they'll come out for East Coast Comic Con, and I'm just, like, so happy to be able to see everyone. Because uh, besides all the stuff that happens at a troop, one of the best things about being in the Legion is all the people you get to know and become friends with. So it's really nice to kind of get together and, you know, troop together. Uh, so I think that one is my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Short yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like, I mean, yeah, that was kind of like... Uh, the one at least yesterday there wasn't a lot of people there um but there was a bunch of us there and so a lot of it was just us hanging out and just the, yeah which happens you know, it, i think at any troop yeah. uh and that's the kind of one of the greatest things for me at a troop is besides making a kid really happy or uh have a kid follow you around that's actually happened to us today it was he was so cute but um being yeah. able to just see your friends in the Legion is so nice. And because uh, a lot of the times we get caught up with our lives and we tend to lose touch with people or just don't get to see friends as often. But I feel like the Legion really keeps us um, really close and tight knit, which is and we have like an excuse to see each other, which is really awesome. So East Coast Comic Con is one of those that's a, a troop that a lot of people from North and South Jersey come to uh, and Central. <laughs> uh, Central <laughs> Jersey exists. Uh, so, and, and there's a lot of cool things that happen too, because a lot of, um, I mean, especially this past year, uh, we had a lot of, uh, Star Wars actors come, N not big, uh, A-listers, but, uh, still pretty cool, like the guy who voiced Salacious Crumb, uh, Max Rebo, uh, so they were there, and we got to escort them to their panels, they came and took pictures with us, so a lot of cool little things happen at cons, so East Coast is that really big uh, convention troupe that we get to do that we all kind of come together for so it's really nice to see everyone nice 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 and Rodney how about you okay um, as explained in previous episodes my first actual kit or costume as we refer to them as it was a Sith Lord which is a bad guy so this troop in particular was the first time I was trooping as a Jedi Knight it was at Liberty Science Center and it was a moment that I will never forget and I noticed that a lot of our memorable moments do involve children, and mine does as well. So I'm standing there, full-blown Jedi kit, and to uh, explain to the audience who may not have known what we all look like, I'm six foot two, 200 plus pounds. I'm a big guy, so you can see me from far away. This little <laughs> kid comes up to me and says, "I'm lost," and I'm like, "Uh oh, wait, uh, okay, let me do this." Now, I told the kid, I said, "All right, well, do you know your parents' phone number?" Now. Most 
people may not go into this kind of safety parental mode. I make sure my children know my phone number just in case things like this happen. So the kid knew the, the his his mom's phone number, who they were there with, and I sent the parent a text message. Said, "Hi, your child is with me. I'm a big Jedi Knight. I'll be at the bottom of the stairs at the Liberty Science Center. Come." collect your child he's safe <laughs> you know don't be alarmed don't be alarmed because i know as a parent like if i got some rent because i tried calling a few times and i'm assuming that during the panic of where's billy wheels billy i don't know if the kid's name was really billy but i'm just using it as a well, it's billy now know, so it's billy that's right so <laughs> i called billy's parents a couple times just to kind of get a live real-time conversation so the, the the parent could calm down and it didn't answer so i sent a text message said i'll be at the bottom of the stairs i'm a jedi knight your child is with me Please come collect your child. <laughs> so I, the, the little kid grabbed my hand, and I said, okay, we're going to go meet your parents. And then I walked to the – if you've ever been to the Liberty Science Center, there's a large stairway right where you walk in. And I stood there for about 15 to 20 minutes, and then mom shows up. And mom is looking the same way any, any parent would, looking for their child. And I said, he, he's, he's fine. He's right here. I, I'm glad you got my message. Um, and I'll never forget that because it was the first time I trooped as a good guy. And I think that in retrospect, had I been dressed as a bad guy, the child may not have felt comfortable enough to openly say, I need your help by telling me that, you know, that, that, that I'm lost. So I'll never forget that. You know, it's, it's, you know, I know the 501st has the, uh, the, the model of bad guys doing good, but I think sometimes even visibly being a good guy allows the children to kind of relax a little bit and know that I can go to the good guy for help. And uh, I'll, never, I'll never forget that, you know. It's my so little, cute. Yeah, That's adorable. The, the awes. All the awes. And they're definitely, they're definitely children that, uh, that uh, won't take pictures with you if you're a bad guy. Yes, like there they, are yeah. some. You're right. And, and, and yeah. even Vader sometimes scares Tears. people. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah, Tears. there's definitely plenty of kids that cry when they just see us. That happens a uh, lot, yeah. too. <laughs> yep. Yep. And it's really funny because normally we're used to uh, kids crying at the sight of us or, like, the bad guys. Actually, today uh, we had a kid cry because we were leaving. It was the yeah. cutest oh, really? thing. He was, like, he burst into tears when we said we were, like, bye. And he was, like, wah. <laughs> so we were unprepared. We didn't know what to do. We we're like, uh. <laughs> actually, that kid that me and uh, Matt were talking about earlier, uh, that kid actually started to cry when me and Taylor walked away. Like, oh. like me and Taylor, were like, well, I don't know, what, I don't know what we should do. Like, we we had to go. We we're like, well, damn, we're not uh, gonna sit there and, like have hold hands with us the entire time. Uh, yeah, I entertained him for a good like 10, 15 minutes, but after a while, I was just like, yeah, yeah, I can't stand here forever. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go. Uh, actually, Rodney, you know, your story kind of reminded me. So I couldn't think of a specific moment, but you actually kind of jostled my memory. Um, I think I have to say, uh, is it all right if I go back to me for a second? <laughs> Do I didn't it. have a specific yeah. moment. Um, I think for me, it's not really any, it's not as great as Rodney's story. I mean, that's adorable. But um, so I'm currently building my TIE pilot Uh so I don't have the armor yet, but I go as a tie reserve in my flight suit and boots, hat, and whatnot. And I was at this elementary school for Star Wars Day, and normally I, I use I dress up in this costume when I don't want to be in the spotlight, so to speak, because when I do Princess Leia, you tend to kind of be the uh, the 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 big uh, what's what would you call it like the cool. star of the show. Attraction. 
<laughs> I guess this, yeah. So I like to do the Thai reserve when I kind of just want to be a little more incognito. But um, when I was at this elementary school, a handful of girls were coming up to me and were like, really fascinated with the fact that you know like they didn't know what a Thai reserve was but I look like an imperial officer so they were really like fascinated by the fact that I was a girl uh, a female uh, imperial officer so um, n nothing like super significant but it made me feel really great uh, that I was kind of showing like hey girls can be part of the empire too they can serve Lord Vader uh, it's not just guys because you don't see that many female officers in star wars uh maybe in the newer movies you see them a little bit more but not so much the well you also one. you recently just took that picture that's pretty badass uh you know uh oh, you Black walking Widow down one? that corridor it is it no really? wasn't there one with you as your tie reservist but with carrying like some yeah blasters? you're carrying two, two two blasters coming through i think it was some um, oh yeah, yeah yeah the one in secaucus um, somebody actually, oh, you know what? I, I, I don't know if I posted it. That's, it was in our Jolly Roger squadron, uh, Facebook page, but, um, yeah, 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 somebody yeah. Photoshopped, they took that photo and Photoshopped me on a poster with like a tie fighter behind me and it has, uh, like black widow on top. And then it has like, uh, uh, no shield, all guts, like our, our little motto and 501st Legion <laughs> they made it into like a poster. So oh, it, nice. it was, that was pretty cool, but yeah. Just you have a link of that or no? Because I've never actually seen it. I probably didn't post it cause, um, because it has the 501st logo on it. I wanted to be careful with kind of where I was right. posting it. Uh, I'll send it to you guys. But, um, yeah, so that that's me. <laughs> Matt, what nice. about you? Um, well, uh, I have plenty of those heartwarming ones, but I'm actually going to tell uh, sort of a funnier one. Um, so it was my first ever troop, actually, which is not the reason why this was memorable, although all of our first troops are always memorable. But um, there was uh, some some girl was having a, a lunch, a Star Wars lunch, to raise money for a charity, and I can't remember what charity she was trying to raise money for. But anyways, she was, so she had us come. Um, but at that time, um, Devron Base, which is the Rebel Legion in New Jersey, didn't exist yet, and so there really weren't very many um, Princess Leia's around um, and so they had actually hired one of those like you know uh, princess companies that you can get for birthday parties and stuff they hired a Princess Leia to come to be Princess Leia along with us there were a couple stormtroopers uh, I think there was a TIE pilot and a Darth Vader um, but she was the lone I guess good guy that was there um, and uh, so I don't know. I didn't know really kind of it worked, but there was this back um, kitchen where we were all getting dressed, um, and then we kind of stayed back there to you know to give the illusion and until we put on our helmets uh, and came out. And uh, I had no idea that there was a Princess Leia there, but we came out and there was also just a random girl dressed up as Princess Leia came and we walked around and we took pictures with the various kids that were there and give them high fives and everything. And as I get over towards the Princess Leia, um, I realize that I recognize her. Um, and uh, in case I haven't mentioned it before, I happen to teach um, high school math. And anyways, the girl that was hired um, was one of my students. Oh, um, Wow. <laughs> now, we had, we had come out from um, behind in the kitchen, so she had no idea it was me. Um, and so we did our whole troop thing. I went and got um, uh, somebody who was spotting and made sure 
that they got a picture of me with her and she had no idea why oh I was at her, making her take a picture That's with so me. <laughs> and and then she and then the funny thing was then she then they did a story time where she read Star Wars and you could tell as she was reading it she had never seen Star Wars before in her life. Oh. I forget was there was, I forget was the one word she she might have said called them Jedi or something oh, like that no. instead of Jedi. I mean it was <laughs> it was it was it was fairly classic. But anyways, I went uh, afterwards. We went back into the kitchen to change. I suited down, and then I came out, and they they were giving us food, so I came out to go see, and I was going to, like, you know, surprise her that I was there, but she had already taken off. Um, so so I didn't see her, so that provided with a perfect opportunity on Monday morning to find her and say, hey, I have to show you something, and she was like, you know, uh, okay, what? And I showed her the, I showed her the picture uh, of us together, and... Uh, her face turned about as red as you've ever seen somebody oh, turn. She was like, where did you get this? I was like, that's me. Um, and I'm not embarrassed by it, but she was super oh. embarrassed by it. It was, it was pretty so good. Uh, so, so, yeah, that was... It would have been great if you just slid her some homework. Do your students know that you're like a big Star Wars fan? Are you a closeted Yeah, Star Wars fan? yeah, yeah. No, I'm not a closeted one. I think when I first started teaching, it wasn't that I was closeted. It just was Star Wars was not at the forefront as it kind of became, you know, when the new movies were out. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, it, it wasn't, I wasn't wearing it on my sleeve as I do now, but mm-hmm. um, they all know now because uh, every May the 4th, I throw on my Stormtrooper and welcome all the kids into the school. <gasps> That's and I wish I had you it as is. a teacher. What the heck? Oh, and I oh, and I love especially the ones who like are super embarrassed to see me. Especially now, the first time I did it, the they, kids did not know it was me doing it until later in the day. Ooh. But now the kids know it's me, so they will like you know totally avoid me. What? Like, and I'm, those are the ones I go, I go find them. I'm like, I'm like, come on, come on, it's picture so that and the teachers. Times. I don't understand They're, why they would do that. <laughs> Well, well, teachers do that too. There are plenty of teachers where I'm like, "Come on, picture with me, let's go," um, and they don't. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, it's become it's become a thing that everybody kind of knows. And um, oddly enough, it, you know, you get a mix of kids who have seen them and haven't seen them, and you know, there's some really hardcore fans, and then there are some kids that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, she was like, doing like, you know. her job, I guess, if she works for one of those. I know what you're talking about. I have a few friends who are, um, in, they work for companies like that. How old was she? Like, did you? Did Six, Sixteen, I want to say, at that point, because she, I had, I had her a couple of different years. I had her that okay, year. Okay, so you're a high school teacher. Her, yeah, yeah, and then I had her her senior year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I won't say her name on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Even though, even though she knows who Don't she is. Don't call her out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, but no, it was, it was, it was, it was hilarious. That's it was very funny. Amazing. It, I love that story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your stories are so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I get, I also get used to telling stories. Half of what you do as a teacher is try to get the kids, you know, to have some sort of engagement and in, in you. And, um, so sharing ridiculous stories is something you just start doing word whatever that is coming for us that yeah um but uh but yeah yeah i'm sure i have plenty more stories involving the kids that we will tell at some point on this podcast but my very first troop it's 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 almost hard to top that in terms of like 
you know, oh, that's things. Fantastic. Although I have, I feel like, have I seen students out before again? Yes, I have at other troops, but not in that. Nobody was dressed up. We should have, um, we should do, I mean, you already told your story, but that should definitely be something we talk about at some point, because I've definitely met people, uh, like, from other aspects of my life as I was trooping, and it was, like, really weird. <laughs> I bumped into one of my former co-workers at a troop, and, uh, yeah, it's weird. It's, totally. Yeah, and then you have to, like, explain to them what the heck you're doing. <laughs> Well, the, the, well, that's the best part about being a stormtrooper, though. You don't have to explain anything. Yeah, Nobody see, knows who you are. Helmet, <laughs> wearing a budget, it's great. But I'm as a Jedi. And, like, this yeah. guy was fired <laughs> from, the, oh. from the job. Oh. So he's like, yo, Rodney. And I oh, turn no. him, like, wait, that's not the name I'm supposed to be hearing right now. And no. it was a, a former no. coworker who was, like, recently released from the company. Released. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know. Really. Major yikes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm like, hey, dude, what's going yeah. on? Yada, yada. So what you up to now? Uh, you know. It's a really, like, dragged out, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, how you doing? Uh, let me, I got to roll over this way and do this kind of costuming thing. So uh, I'll talk to you later, buddy. And He's like, like, oh, yeah, so, so you're a Jedi now, huh? <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's when worlds collide, things get really interesting. Yeah, yeah. That, that you're right. That might not be a bad topic. It's about, well, what was the most awkward moment you ever had? True. Oh, yeah. Plenty of those. <laughs> Plenty of those. Oh, all right. Well, that was pretty. That was pretty good. I I say we get started with our main topic, and this is this is actually one of the first topics I actually thought about when I was thinking about doing a podcast because I was watching episode two, and I don't want to say this bothers me about episode two, but it's always something that like. I, I go back to think about um, whether or not it makes sense or not. Um, and, uh, you know, there are contexts where it does and contexts where it doesn't. But the, but the you know, um, the, what I'm referring to is um, the fact that the Jedi, for the Jedi, um, attachment is forbidden. Um, and um, whether or not I agree with that, right? Because for me... Um, a lot of the things that the Jedi believe in are so supposed to be these universal things that people should believe in. And I, I guess I could probably come up with a few more things where I don't necessarily agree with their take on things. Um, but this is one where, I, I, I don't know, I, I get what they're trying to do, but I'm not sure how I feel about it. So I kind of wanted to, to get your guys' feelings on, on, do you think the Jedi were right in the way that they, uh, you know, sort of a treated attachment and we can also debate exactly what they meant by it a little bit if we want to. Um, but I really want to start to get at, um, you know, what do we think? What do we think that you know, the the Jedi, where the Jedi stance was, um, was it justified in any way? Uh, Rodney, <laughs> why, why don't you uh, get started with this one? Yeah, um, my opinion on the no attachment. I think it's, I think it's right for the Jedi Order to not be grounded in any sort of. Uh, well, attachment. I think one of the reasons, as I expressed on one of our previous episodes, is that you don't want to have something over a Jedi because a Jedi is supposed to be neutral. He's supposed to be here for the greater good. And if you are too much into one person or one ideology or one uh, way of, uh, I don't know, connection to something to where that could be used against you. And it was like a... Um, a way that somebody could force you into being or doing one thing. They're supposed to be neutral and only follow the will of the force. 
So no attachments, in my opinion, was a way of them just saying, disconnect yourself from the from the from everything around you so you could just follow the flows and the ebbs and, and, and flows of the force and see where the universe is trying to go and uh, just not have a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's kind of hard for me to find that one word. That way you're not locked into anything. Like I don't necessarily want to see these people prevail because I'm not loyal to them. I'm only here for what's best for everyone. And I think attachments, and especially in the case of Anakin Skywalker, to bring it to the movies, kind of worked against him. I mean, the whole reason he fell was because of his attachment to his mother and his attachment to Padme and not wanting to lose and fear of loss and all of that stuff that Obi-Wan talks about and Yoda talks about just kind of worked against him. And it didn't allow him to fulfill the will of the Force as far as being what's best for the galaxy and um i think well you said you said uh, you said ideology so let me let me push you on that were the jedi attached to the jedi way in that like you know if they're not supposed to be attached to anything but they have these sort of rules um that's, that's a good point. That, that for me is is almost a paradox. What do you what do you I don't know, what is I, your take I on totally that? I totally agree. You're absolutely right. They were attached to their ways. They were very attached to their as they say, dogma. You know, you have to be like this. You have to be neutral in order to be pure, in order to not to be swayed in any direction, in order to just see what is quote unquote right, what is the best solution for everyone involved. And it's to put it in earthly human reality terms you know you can't have a dog in the fight in order to be truly uh removed from the situation in order to see the bigger picture and i think that's what the idea was was for the jedi to not have a dog in the fight in order for them to see okay i see how this affects you i see how this affects you now can we find a way for it to positively uh affect both of you for you guys to live together in this you know harmonious galaxy kind of thing and for them not to have the attachment it's almost like the buddhist monks you know if you go to any any real any religious uh sect there are those that fully disconnect themselves from what they call the real world or the outside world all they want to study is or uh, as you say all they're told to study is the teachings and the way of the force and the, you know, the will of the galaxy, where it needs to be, where it needs to go, all told by the will of the Force, not a politician from Alderaan who doesn't want the neighboring planet to get bigger or more uh, rich than they are. Those are personal, uh, personal values. I don't want this guy to have a bigger car than me, so I'm going to, you know, rem- you know, the, the Jedi remain neutral. They're not trying to deny them for money. They're not in it for fame. They're not in it for glory. They are just here for the will of the force. And on paper, yes, it, it, it works because I have no dog in this fight. I don't really want to come in and settle an, this this disagreement between two people with a favor toward either or. I'm supposed to be neutral as a Jedi and just find what makes everybody happy, which is a mediator in the real world. So I think that... By not having attachments allows you to be free of obligation. I think that's the kind of the idea that they were trying to go for when it came to the, um, I don't want to say dogma, but the teachings of the Jedi Order, 
was for you to be free of any responsibility or a free of any not responsibility but free of any attachment to anything so your 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 thought process and your motivations are pure good so you're not oh i want to make sure that this planet is good because this planet you know provides uh just i don't know lightsaber crystals for the jedi order so i want to make sure that, that, that this planet stays out of the you know stays in the, in the good as opposed to this planet that doesn't do anything for the jedi order you could see uh where people would have vested interest that's the word i'm looking for they have no vested interest in anything in the galaxy so they don't need to preserve one planet over another or the needs of one planet over another so they could uh neutrally solve issues and conflicts between the two so being a part of the republic did that kind of uh sort of contradict that in a way at some um, point in time i think in my opinion it did because they when <clears throat> excuse me they became more of a tool for the republic and the republic became to dis uh, started to dispatch them out to do certain things settle this uh dispute because we need planet x for their ore or for the mineral that they we mine from them we need these trade routes open so please go settle this 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 dispute because if we keep this planet in a fight with this other planet we don't have our corn or our bacta you know it, it became selfish not on the default of the jedi order but on the fault of the republic and they became tools of the republic which was in my opinion the start of the fall of the jedi order because they became tools of the Jedi. I mean, uh, they became tools of the Republic. And they, while their vested interest was, and as Obi-Wan said, I'm loyal to the Republic, um, I'm loyal to the, the, the ideals, they failed to realize that they were being used. And their attachment to the Republic is what really did end the Jedi Order, in my opinion. Yeah, see, I, I, I keep wondering if, if it on a complete level is practical. So I get what you're trying to say in that, you know, um, that, that, that the attachment can cloud their judgment in a lot of circumstances. So I wonder if this is really uh, practical. Albert, what do you think? So, you know, going back to what Rodney was saying, um, kind of like want to add more to it. So basically, I, I forgot if, it's, if this is now Legends or is canon where exactly I saw it, but um, um, that was the phone. <laughs> I thought I muted it. Anyways, uh, going back to what I was say, uh, what he said was um, Count Dooku. Um, at one point, he um. He uh, found out who he, who he kind of belonged to, uh, like the family-wise and everything like that. Because, you know, when you're brought into the Jedi Order, you're done it at a very young age. So that you don't have attachments to your parents or whatever. So, uh, eventually he found out who, you know, who, from where he came from and basically uh, daunted the name, you know, Count Dooku. Uh, and apparently oh, his family Dooku. was, I guess you could say, wealthy and all that good stuff. So he started taking up uh, the person, you know, the persona of uh, Dooku. Um, it's because at that point they didn't want like the the Jedi to like you know relish in like uh, how do I explain this uh, luxuries, I guess you can say. Mm. So anyway, so yeah, that that's another thing. And going back to the whole thing with the Republic is that 
as I, I, I love it how I keep bringing up this one character, Lord Mormon. Mormon. Uh, I forgot what the heck is that? Uh, one Sith Lord's name. He's a he's a Sith Lord from the com from the Vader comics. Uh, oh, I'm behind. Basically, yeah. <laughs> so basically, you know, him going back to like how the Sith, you know, basically were so indulged with like destroying the Jedi. Um, this one guy when I was watching the video basically pointed out that um, uh, like a, a parallel to this was that the Jedi's actually for foregoed more of the Force and started serving the Republic more. Yeah. So, which which basically you know again started like with a bunch of conflict and everything like that such with characters like Dooku and Saifu Diaz going out of their way and requesting a clone army you know what I mean you know and then you have characters like Krell you know who basically you know was about to you know submit to the dark side and this other guy I forgot his name um, the one that uh saw adventures has oh, all Quillen Voss yeah Quillen Voss you know and it all comes down because you know Anakin Skywalker is like eventually all these people end up forming attachments to something you know what I mean be it for power or whatever and it just kind of drives them down the dark side and the reason why I think this is the case is because they're explicitly, explicitly told that you you're not allowed to form attachments if you do you're 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 going against the the way of uh, the Jedi you know code or whatever and this and this and so for them this this is a frustration that when basically it comes down to it like, oh, if I just turn to the dark side of the force and actually use my uh, my my emotions and feelings, I become this much freer. And like the whole thought of like, okay, if I don't have to follow this code, like, you know, that I kind of grew up, you know, believing in, you know, it's such a relishing, you know, feeling like, oh, now I get to do this and nothing's going to tell me otherwise. It's like, I guess the, 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 the only way, like, real world, uh, you know, parallel I can say to this is if you grow up in a very, very religious family, uh, and like growing up, you are told that you can't do this or that, and then once you get to an age where like, okay, I can live on my own, but like now that I'm not living under my parents and with these people, like there's so much I can do now. You know what I mean? Like before, like say for example, this, this is a real world thing that happened to me. Was like, oh, you're not allowed to play with Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Well, now that I'm older, I, I, I can play this, and I actually enjoy doing it, you know what I mean? Um, and, like, you know, stuff like that, like, I feel like is uh, I feel like it's kind of dumb for the Jedi to kind of do. To, like, basically force someone to, like, suppress these sorts of emotions, because it's a very hard thing to do. And I'm not... Well, actually, it is a, hard, a very hard thing to do, because, you know... We are cr creatures who kind of like depend on con this kind of stuff. Um, unless you're a, like a Buddhist monk or anything like that, who you know they, they meditate for days on end and basically lose these uh, you know these materials, I guess you can say possessions or whatever. Um, but like in the legends, though, uh, Luke Skywalker when he created the New Jedi Order, he was like, "All right, we're gonna be." You know, making the Jedi Order, but we're changing a lot of things. For starters, you're allowed to be in, open, in an open relationship, you know? And that's just basically going back, because he kind of saw what, you know, what Vader went through. And his, his dad, you know, the whole thing with Padme, they, you know, had to hide it and everything like that. Because I feel like if he was allowed to be in an open relationship with uh, Padme, he could have gotten the help that, you know, she needed, you know? 
Like he could have been like, "Hey, listen, guys, she she needs this, or else she's gonna die." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'd, no, like, and so, it, I'd like to. I mean, well, here's the thing. Like, I don't know if he, uh, if uh, they just perceived that that's the way it was going to be, or if that's the way it really was. Like, I don't know if there's a lot of example of the Jedi, um, you know, not. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe there's something you would know better than me, Albert. That there's some example of the Jedi sort of ousting somebody for attachments, and and even Anakin talks about it a little bit. Like I kind of think. Uh, attack the clones a little bit. Right, like the difference between uh, an attachment and sort of love, and and because um, it also comes up with Obi Wan. Um, and Satine in the Clone Wars. Yes. Um, on him, on him choosing and having to choose, um, and I don't know. I, I I I guess the the love part is is one of the parts that I kind of uh, get confused on because even Anakin says it that um, you know having compassion and 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 loving somebody is essential for a Jedi. And yet, having this specific love for a specific person seems to feel like what they're kind of considering is attachment. <laughs> I don't know. Let's bring you in, Elena. Elena, why don't you, uh, why don't you give us your thoughts? Uh, I definitely have a lot to say on this topic because. Uh, <laughs> okay, here we go. So, focusing on Anakin, uh, I think a lot of people kind of overlook the fact that. Padme and Anakin's relationship was actually really toxic uh, in many ways, and one of the biggest being... Uh, Anakin's a jealous bastard. He's, <clears throat> yes, he was very selfish in that relationship because uh, even even not just with Padme, but even with Shmi, because he was, um, he was attached to the way these people made him feel. Um, and... Uh, like, even when he's confessing uh, his feelings to Padme in Attack of the Clones, he's talking about the way she makes him feel. And a lot of the times it doesn't seem like he, he really has concern for her well-being. Uh, even then jumping to Revenge of the Sith, he thinks that uh, Padme and Obi-Wan are in cahoots and he um, use, you know gets angry and chokes her because he's you know he, he that that shows uh, a level of discompassion uh he's not compassionate that's that was his thing so right that's what i'm getting to like is it an attachment thing or is it you know especially in his case because he's the most extreme example like it's not i don't feel like it's attachment it's, that has him go wrong uh, more or less like a jealous manifestation of love and the complete right. opposite so uh, um i think when looking at what attachment means, uh, the Jedi would focus more on the greed aspect of it, where uh, possession and holding on to things and not wanting to ch anything to change is what um, would lead to the dark side or was the path to the dark side. Whereas someone else may look at attachment as being more, uh, or when in terms of looking at a love, uh, where there's compassion. And I think... Um, they kind of overlooked that aspect of attachment and only focused on, oh, 
you can't hold on to things because then you will go to the dark side. So because they were instilling this ideology uh, into the Jedi and in Anakin specifically, as you, Albert, were saying, like very on point, is he probably felt like he couldn't talk about these things to anyone. So he had to deal with these uh, feelings uh, on his own. Like, I, I kind of attacked him a little before, but... <laughs> but um, uh, all these emotions he was feeling and, you know, being super obsessed with the fear of losing Padme and, and Shmi, uh, I think not being able to have someone to talk to and deal with these problems is what led him down the dark path. Uh, and another Jedi we can actually kind of talk about in this aspect is Qui-Gon. Uh, the Jedi kind of viewed Qui-Gon as this, like, rogue maverick guy who just kind of, you know, they were like, okay, you do whatever, and uh, he, he, I think, showed true compassion as a Jedi in the time of the Republic, which I think is a really cool um, thing to compare Anakin to. Um, like, uh, when... I, I don't know if you guys remember in Phantom Menace, Obi-Wan is like, oh my god, you've picked up another pathetic life form, and it just shows that Qui-Gon is, you know, he, he's going out there and looking out for, you know, people who can't, people or, or creatures who can't fend for himself, and it's just his concern uh, and his compassion for others that really, I think, is what the Jedi should be like. I think he was, like, a prime example of what the Jedi, uh, what the model should be, and, uh, I think it, there's nothing wrong with them preaching like, oh, don't have attachments. But again, they kind of ousted people like Anakin, where he felt like he couldn't talk about his feelings because he wasn't. He felt like he wasn't supposed to have them. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, and then if you want to go and even look at like Luke, where a lot of people argue that oh, the Jedi were wrong because here he is. Uh, having attachment to his father but in reality if you really take a moment to break it down and look at it like it was his compassion and his selflessness that saved Anakin or Darth Vader at the end you know what I mean like he and and I would argue Han and Leia Han too and right Leia as well um, uh, uh, when he right. was uh, tempted by Palpatine to join the dark side to save them he this, he resisted and just threw down his lightsaber. Was like, no, I'm not gonna do that. Uh, yeah, and also, yeah, and when he, and when Yoda told him in Episode uh, Five not to go to Cloud City. Yeah, he left um, Dagobah because of his attachment to Leia and Han. But it was, he but it was at a place short. of of like love and compassion, and for their a concern for their well being, not so much like losing them in his life it, because if you look at it's the, still his attachment to him his his concern for them is why he left exactly Dagobah. and that's why i'm saying he was in the middle of his that's day, why i'm he, saying that attachment can be uh there there are two aspects of attachment where there's there's you can look at it as a form of compassion or you can look at it as a form of possession and what the jedi only focused on was you you can't have possession you can't do that but not so much like oh there is this other aspect where you can have compassion for people and i think because they weren't really like i guess being open about it in a sense like if you look at the parallel like religious people are like oh they have these very strict ideals and you have to stick to them and people feel like they can't talk about things so i think yeah but okay to to argue your point mm -hmm. it's specifically stated in empire strikes back that Vader tortured Solo to get Luke to come. 
Vader knew he was attached to Leia and Solo. Yeah. So he tortures them to bring Luke to Cloud City. Leia says it. It's a trap to get you. Han- uh, uh, Lando says it. They don't want you. They want some dude named Skywalker. So this is all then- set up to get Luke to come because of his attachment to Luke and Leia. And also- right, so that's what the Jedi are afraid of, but but I think then Luke sort of proves the counterpoint in that, I mean, it takes a little while, but in the end, uh, you know, he saves them and yeah, he loses ultimately, a hand. Yeah. He loses well, a hand. you know, and not a solo. A, a hand, not a solo. A hand versus, <laughs> yeah, right? But to, to go back too, to even the Clone Wars, there's a whole episode of uh, Anakin chasing after R2. No other right. Jedi has been attached to an astromech droid like that. No. He, you could say that, that Anakin was attached to R2. And yeah. even um, even Kenobi says it like you're going after this droid. It's a droid, dude. It's a piece of machine. It's your iPhone, and you're gonna go <laughs> Me. like. <laughs> let's be real. Like he's chasing after his iPhone, where you could just turn it off and get a new one. So okay, but I'll counter. Att- I'll he's counter your argument. Um, yes, he does. So he does <laughs> go uh, against Yoda's uh, advice and goes to try and save. Uh, uh, Luke and Leia, but again, going back to when Palpatine was tempting him to join the dark side, he was literally willing to give up his own life to protect them instead of joining the dark side. And Correct. which Anakin, on the other hand, did not do. He went to, you know, because he didn't want to lose Padme, he joined the dark side thinking that this was the way to go because he didn't want to lose her. Yeah, he, he right. joined the dark side because of its attachment which is what the jedi order warned everybody against exactly don't sell your soul for the good of another person because you need to be neutral now had luke stayed on dagobah and finished his training he would not have lost a hand so to speak maybe and maybe when he eventually faced vader he would have been ready because he completed his Jedi training. And to the point of where even Yoda and uh, Obi-Wan literally say, all right, well, if he loses, we got one more, we got a backup plan. There is another. <laughs> well, all right. But, <laughs> so but they it does knew come that to, this that, was that not the final, right to, to the final movie where he does do that. And in the end, it all works out because uh, this compassion uh, awakens uh, loose compassion is what awakens the compassion in Anakin, where he, in, for the first time in his life, is is willing to he's willing to sacrifice himself to save Luke, which wasn't the yeah. case in the prequels. So, this compassion is what saves Anakin in the end. Oh, but wait a minute! But is it? Could could one hop- hypothesize? Could one hypothesize <laughs> that <laughs> that he that Anakin gave himself up for the life of Padme by bowing to pa- by, by bowing to Sidious, saying, "I pledge myself to your teachings to save her." Is that the, not I think the same? He, I, think he, think he, I think he thought he was doing 100%. it, and that was kind of the well, issue uh, with but, the Jedi too. In the during the time of the Republic, I mean, Palpatine touches on that. Uh, when they go to that stupid bubble opera, and he's like, "Oh, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're they're they love their power." I don't remember exactly what he said, but I think he had there was a little bit of truth in that, in that the Jedi kind of had were up on their high horse, you know, in their, you know, their temple, and they're like, "Oh, like we, you know, we're Jedi." 
There's a good status to being a Jedi and having the big tower on Coruscant. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and, I and, and cannot and disagree can to that. You can feel that because they're a little bit cold to Anakin whenever they have their council meetings and stuff. And that goes back to where I think that he, that he felt like he couldn't talk to anyone about that because of them being on their high horse, essentially. Well, I think that I think, there was yeah. some animosity toward Anakin because he was put there without their okay. It's like when the kid gets promoted from the third grade to the sixth oh, grade. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're you're a little genius, but like you don't really fit in socially. So just kind of kick back, learn the ropes, and get in where you fit in. And I think that that bred resentment between the Jedi Order and Anakin because that's what Palpatine wanted. He wanted them to be separate from him. I'm going to put you on the council, oh, 100%. Anakin, because I, I totally want you to be my you eyes there. and my ears. I mean, yeah, but I think that... Of master, it, but, but if yes. they were a Sit little down, bit boy. more compassionate, <laughs> I don't think there was a need for them to be like that. So, you know... But compassionate is what, though? Qui- like, Qui-Gon go showed him, you know... He didn't. He was like, "Oh, I don't." You know, he didn't care that he was too too old or whatever. He just, you know, he looked out for him, and it was just, you know, really refreshing. Qui Gon's refreshing, guys. Well, I would think that that's, that's, <laughs> that's two different two different scenarios. Like, if I, it's okay. Let's put it in the real world for a second. Let's say the boss's daughter gets hired for something. She's incapable of really doing this job, but she got the job because she's the boss's daughter. Everybody in the workplace has some sort of resentment to her because they earn their place. They do their job. The boss's daughter just is here because she's the boss's daughter. That's a natural resentment that even the Jedi couldn't like hide from because you're here because Palpatine wants you. We didn't elect you. You know, it's like getting a, an honorary doctorate from... No, 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 no. no, no I'm saying uh, episode Anakin. three when he gets right, put right. on the council as, oh, a, as a direct oh, order... Okay. Yeah, he gets put on the council as a direct order from Palpatine. It's not the Jedi Order saying we're elevating you and bringing you up. It's not a natural promotion. It's I would, like, well, I would say I would. I, the only counter to that is that, or the only way I would go against your analogy slightly is that Anakin is arguing that um, that he has risen to that level that you're not hiring somebody who's unqualified. So he's saying he is qualified. Of course, they're saying just be also, patient if you're truly qualified. Their resentment for him goes be, back he, beyond that. I mean. It, yes. It's, yes. Again, and it wasn't. It, but it's it's still a social promotion, you know. It's it's you're here. May says himself, you're on this council, but we not we did not grant you the rank of master. You were not a master in the eyes of the people that bestow the title of master. You're here because the supreme chancellor said you have to be here, and that's no. I get your point. I get it. And, and I, I, I can see that. why, and I, that that's why I'm saying I agree. But it's still it's like their obsession with rank and stuff is a little bit excessive. Well, so, I wouldn't say excessive. I, th- I would think that it's more of a matter of this guy is sidestepping our protocols. We don't want him to do that, but we can't outpower the chancellor. But at what point in time do we say, look, you know, we're the Jedi Order. We govern ourselves. I think it, I think it all goes hand in hand where it's there's no, like, exact right or wrong with that. It's just it all kind of it wasn't working. I think it's the best way to look at it. And that's, I think we, we, we kind of touched on this the last time where it was just uh, as messed up as it was, but when Anakin slaughtered the younglings, it was like the Jedi order had to be eradicated. <laughs> it's like, it just wasn't their time anymore. And then going back, going toward like, 
fast forwarding where Luke was like, it's time for the Jedi to end because it's like, that's not their place in the galaxy anymore. It's the, a new order has to arise. So, so to bring so, it all uh, back to the topic, uh, Anakin was attached to the chancellor because the chancellor was the one patting him on the back for everything that he did, including, uh, his heroics, his bravery, his mastery of the force at such a young age, even though, yeah, they're not going to make you a master, but you're going to be more powerful. He's the dude in the shadows patting him on the back in order to create that separation. And he became attached to the Chancellor, which is why he risked his life uh, in the beginning of episode three. He's here. I'm here to save you. Are you OK? Like you can if you watch that scene when they first come into the uh, throne room, not throne, the 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 captain's chair on episode three, he's like, are you okay? When Obi-Wan said, Chancellor, are you okay? One's official, the other one's talking to a friend. Yeah. That's an attachment. And that got him in trouble because he couldn't see that this dude was puppeteering him to create a separation. He's the, the, the little devil on Anakin's shoulder. 100%. And because of his attachment, he couldn't see it. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're starting it towards the end of our time, but I just, I just wanted to kind of throw one other thing, which is um, I feel like our discussion, in a way, start, sort of helps inform where Luke is in The Last Jedi a little bit, um, where he's sort of saying, you know, the Jedi weren't right about a uh, great many things and that I need to separate myself from this. Uh, I'm not saying completely, but I'm saying that we're started, you know, I, I definitely think you can see that in the things that he says. He doesn't directly say anything about attachment, but he definitely hints that um, uh, a lot of the things that they said, while they make sense from uh, a certain point of view, from another point of view, um, maybe isn't complete in that to what Rodney's saying being attached to something completely without um something else uh involved you know can can distract you and take you uh you know take you away from what you need to uh, more to what Elena's saying um if you have the the compassion um and a lot of the other positive um elements and beliefs behind you that um it's a little bit more complex that uh, that you can be attached to somebody, um, but um, still you know still understand uh, a lot of other things and a lot of other emotions that um, that can be associated. Well, essentially, be able um, to let go when need be. Right. 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 Um, so yeah, I would um, think that, like, okay, let's just put it real simply. Matt, me and you were two Jedi on mission. I send you on your way you go on my way you know i go on my way if you die i can't be sad for you by their rule mm -hmm. because uh, attachment uh, i can't okay. be attached to you as a fellow jedi you have to go do your thing you follow the will of the force if you die that is the will of the force that's no attachment now go back to anakin on uh episode three saving obi-wan his fate will be the same as ours. That's attachment. I'm not going to leave you sitting here. I, you know, I don't want you going down with the ship. I'm attached to you. I don't want. No, you I to I die, agree. You know? I agree with you on that. My my one thing is is whether or not there's sort of a value judgment that you put on it. 
whether or not one is right or the other, where, whereas it's a little bit more complex I'm than that. Also, whereas, uh, um, I mean, you do see the Jedi mourn their, you know, mem- uh, you know, their fellow Jedi members, whatever. In, in I think in Clone Wars, uh, like when, well, when epi- at the end of a, ev- Episode One, at the yeah. end of Episode One, Qui Gon's funeral. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, in there too. But like, uh, I don't remember. There was an attack on the Jedi Temple, and they were having like a funeral, and you can see them, you know, mourning them. I think there's nothing wrong with them mourning uh, their members. It's just they can't let that like. So let's say you're on a mission. There's nothing wrong with grieving, but not you can't let that uh, you know hinder your mission or uh, that attachment. Let it affect what you came to do essentially. Not be totally heartless, the because then picture. that goes back yeah. to being yeah, completely yeah, yeah. discompassionate, which is, you know, a little cold-hearted, I, I, I think. think that, <laughs> I think you, in, in order to be a Jedi Knight, you have to be cold, as you put it, cold-hearted to a certain degree. Because, okay, let's put it in simpler terms. Elena and I are on a mission. Oh, uh, God. We need Am to I go defuse the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> hear me out. <laughs> There's okay. a bomb going off. Well, we need to get we need to get the 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 captors out. There's two objectives, two Jedi Knights. I can't be overly attached to you because I don't want you to go put yourself in harm to defuse the bomb. But at the same time, in order to get our mission uh, accomplished, you have to go defuse the bomb while I get the the, the oh. captors out. So there has I to be a that. level of detachment there in order for me to say, you go do this, I'll go do this, and the Force wills it to be whatever it will be. So I can't, yeah, I, I can't be, you know, <laughs> hindered by my decision making by considering your safety at the end of all of this. I, I see. I, 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 I we're just about out of time, but I think, I think. Like I said, I think it's a little... The reason why I always get a little bit taken back by the idea is that it's a little bit more complicated. You think about first responders all the time. Um, they have to, you know, take both things into account. I don't want... You know, I'm hunting a burning building, two of us. I don't want you to, uh, you know, put yourself in harm's way. At the same time, I, you know, you need to do your job and maybe you need to save somebody. So I just think that... Uh, I think it's a little bit more complex than that, than at least they make it sound like the Jedi make it there. But... Um, Wow, I really uh, I thought that there was actually some really good stuff here tonight, um, and I think uh, if we, when we re-listen to this, I think that could spawn off a couple other ideas about some things we could still continue to talk about um, in the in, in this area. Um, but uh, yeah, that was that was an enjoyable conversation. Thanks, guys. Um, once again, why don't we uh, leave off with um, where you guys can get a hold of us in case you desire to do that so um elena where can everybody get you so you can find me on instagram at elena underscore strikes and i have all the links to my other social media in my bio awesome 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 and albert you uh you can find me on instagram it is tc underscore two two seven nine five and that's about it you can find me cool rodney (laughs) you i am lord underscore dread Nice. And uh, you guys can get me at uh, BMTN1111. Um, hey, finally, you got yourself a thing. <laughs> no, I have. Well, I. <laughs> if you want to get me on Instagram, you can try to get me on Instagram, but I won't probably even notice it. I do have an Instagram, but. I'm not there. I, you know, I, I, 
I literally have, I think I've only ever posted one picture that my daughter did for some contest of, <laughs> at, at a, I don't know, at a museum okay, or something. Okay. Whatever. Anyways, uh, guys, awesome as always, and we'll talk to you next time.